It's the Seth Williams Show with Mike Kosoka. And here's your host, Seth Williams and Mike Kosoka. Welcome to another Wednesday night. It is Wednesday, right? Yep, it sure is. Wednesday night, and uh, we are live again on whatever. I don't know. The Facebook band is screwing me up. I hate it, but it is what it is. Yep. Uh, how are you tonight? I'm good. Uh, 70 degrees in the middle of February. I'm a little discombobulated. but uh, Today is weird, man. It was great outside. I wouldn't know because I've been stuck inside all day. Yeah. Uh, but what is nice is that... Uh, this new house that we're in has a uh, patio attached to the living room and to the bedroom. Yes. And so I was able to open up the door and actually step outside onto the patio for a little bit. I still don't have any patio furniture. I'm working on that. Okay. Um, but you can but, still see it's going to be pretty sweet in spring yeah. and summer. When the spring and summer hits, it's going to be nice out there when I can actually afford to get patio furniture. Cool. Yeah. Uh, the way this is going, that's going to be a very long time. Um, but yeah, it's nice. It was really gorgeous. I mean, uh, I think one of two things are going to happen. Either it's going to like level off and get warmer, and we're going to be treated to a longer spring. No, not or at this all. month is going to fizzle out, and March is going to just kick our ass. Uh, yeah, next week it's supposed to be back down in the 30s. I think they're calling for snow chances, but really, like, but not a lot. No winter storms that I see coming. Not not like a meteorologist or anything, but. Uh, as of right now, the future forecast that I'm looking at doesn't have anything too nasty on the way. Uh, you can comment on YouTube if you're watching there. Most people are. Uh, you can comment on YouTube or you can um, comment on the CMS Network Facebook page. We are there. And we're also on Odyssey. So you can leave your comments. We're looking forward to those tonight. Um, tonight, what do we got? We got Tony Masaccio coming up. Um, it'll be live from another fantastic place to eat. Uh, then we have Daniel Arnold coming on. Now, Daniel Arnold is a protege, if you will, of Psychic Sonia. Uh, he is a retired Marine a, or a former Marine, I guess. I don't know if there is a former Marine or just a Marine that isn't a Marine right now, but a whatever. He describes himself as a former Marine, a retired cop, turned abolitionist, and all kind of different things. And he believes that nature is the answer, not government. To a lot uh, of things. For those yeah. people who are paying close attention to the show, uh, we brought him on to wave, introduce himself. The very first time we had Sonia when we were over at uh, Audio Bay, he did make an appearance on the show. Yes. And now he's had his own little coffee clutch kind of thing that he posts uh, on an irregular basis. There's a couple episodes that I, I watched in preparation for the show. But he's got a lot to say on a lot of things. So we shall see, shall. Yeah, I put up the link if somebody would like to join the show. Um, we like if somebody would join the show. That'd be nice. Yeah. Call up, say hello. Uh, you could just click on the link, follow the instructions. It's pretty simple stuff. But we are on the CMS Podcast Network Facebook page. Um, so we are technically on Facebook, but not the uh, normal page. Um, you can leave comments there as well. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing where Tony's at tonight. 
Yeah, I, you know, I get tired of complaining all the time that he comes on right at six o'clock or five thirty and makes me really hungry. So I ate something about fifteen minutes ago. Let's see if it works. What'd you have? Uh, I had uh, 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 baked a chicken breast and I had that with uh, Caesar salad. Yeah, uh, an early dinner. Nice. Yes, I had an early dinner and I had uh, my girlfriend's. Uh, five-year-old grandson come up to me today and pat me on the belly and say you're really fat so nice <laughs> I got work to do. yeah I, I had uh i had my usual i have like a turkey wrap usually for for lunch uh-huh at home and it wasn't bad but it, i have to be honest it's getting kind of old man i'd like something a little bit different every now and then i remember when i first got home from the hospital and we talked about this a lot on the show. Uh, DoorDash was like my favorite friend because I would get, you know, Subway delivered to the house. Right. Until I realized that that is extremely expensive. Yes. And you pay almost double or more than double to get a sandwich. Well, let me ask you this. Do you have an air fryer at your house? I do have an air fryer. Because those are as magical as crockpots were 40 years ago. You can do wings, fish, chicken. You can do all that stuff in an air fryer. And like I said, pick a side dish or throw it on a salad. And, you know, it's it's home cooking. It, you know, does it magically make things healthy? Uh, a hell of a lot more than if you deep fry them or cook them in oil or. Yeah. Yeah. That's all. That's why everybody's got one. Yeah, I have one. I think I cooked burgers in it when I first got it. You can do wings in it. Well, yeah, yeah, well, I mean, you can do chicken wings, they come out pretty crispy. Like, so you buy like just uncooked wings at the, like, the yes. store and stick yes. them in there. Yeah. Can you get a bunch done it like in a real quick time? Well, I don't know how big your air fryer is, but it won't take more than you know, like 10 15 minutes. Because right, I don't want to like the problem that I had with the air fryer the first time that I used it is that it only fits so much. It's not, yeah, and I have a fairly big one, I think, from that's what she said. Uh, yeah, a well, yeah. big air fryer, and it didn't hold like a whole lot of stuff. So, like, I had one batch of things that I cooked that were done, and then I had to wait. Yeah, and then that gets like, cold. Another yeah. fifteen minutes, and the other stuff was sitting there getting cold. Okay, so maybe, I, but and that's would be my problem with the wings. I mean, can I just like keep the wings? Uh, I set that mic. Glad to be here watching you guys. She doesn't say thing. I'm not starving when I have a lot of food. Yeah. So I uh, I told the story on Monday after the Super Bowl. Speaking of food, we had, or for the Super Bowl, my family and I had a bunch of Chinese chicken. Right. It was a Chinese fried chicken that we got. It wasn't it wasn't the hot. It was already cooked, and then it was in the cold section. And we got it, and I reheated it in the oven, and you know, it tasted all right. Yeah. But then you know, my daughter and I were the only ones to have dark meat. My wife had the white meat stuff. And after eating the dark meat, we noticed that the bones were like red. Ooh. And the next morning, my daughter and I were violently ill. Um, my daughter had to actually come home from school. Thanks to Jim and Sandy again for picking her up from school and bringing her back here. Uh, but she was violently ill and not feeling good literally all day long on Monday. Yeah, and so we went back to 
Giant Eagle and took our receipt in and said, hey, we got really sick from this chicken. And they said, hey, well, we'll give you your money back. And they did. And they gave us, you know, actually they gave us double our money back. So I felt like honored. Um, well, that was the right thing to do because chances are you got caught in them trying to make twice as many chickens as they usually do because it was Super Bowl. And right. you got one that was, you know, under seriously undercooked. So is that what the red bones mean? Is that a good thing that they gave me double? Or is that not enough? I mean, I, to be well, violently ill, I mean, I know I didn't miss work, I guess. There's um, two things to consider. A lawsuit would cost you a hell of a lot of money. And then you're going to do 12 people in a box that get uh, jealous because you're getting a free check and they're not. So you got to, you know, you don't know what you're going to end up on the other side. Yeah, you're okay. All you did was like have to go to the bathroom a couple more times. And so you didn't suffer that much. And so, but well, that, that's my question. Money what, back is, what, is, what is the price of food poisoning? <laughs> yeah. That's basically what it was. Yeah. So what is the, what do you get? Is that enough for, <laughs> I mean, I'm not like Sue happy guy. I mean, maybe I should. No, I guess so many people that makes like a living almost of suing other people or taking advantage of the system. And I don't do that. I need to start doing that. I'm going to start taking advantage of every little bit of the system that I could possibly take advantage of. Yeah, but you know what? You're not that guy. You're not. I want to be that guy, though. No, Why not? Don't. Why can't I be that guy? Because you're not a, you're, you're not evil, mean-spirited. You're not an idiot. You're not a cheat. You're not, you're not all the kind of things those people are. You Have you known anybody that's that way? They're just not nice people. Okay. All right. This is what I've noticed a lot about life, though. Especially right. in like like radio business and stuff. Yeah. Um, it seems like the not so nice people are the ones that succeed. The ones that are the loud mouth, step on you, walk all over you, type A, I guess, personality. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, there's type A people out there that are, are good people, but but that like kind of shove you out of the way and don't care about other people's feelings and aren't they are the ones that tend to succeed in life. And the nice people, the people that care, are generally the ones that get walked on and crapped on, if you will. Yeah, it, it, I, I can't say, um, I'm certainly not going to just jump and say I disagree with you because, in all honesty, the only piece of advice that I really, 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 when I found out my dad you know, was pulling my leg, was disappointing. My dad was one of those guys that would say, okay, just, you know, relax, get over it. Uh, someday they'll get theirs. And that was supposed to keep you from just like fighting with everybody and being a hothead and going off the handle every time something went wrong. So he'd always say, don't worry about it. They'll get theirs someday. And then I realized, you know, as a teenager, there's some people that are a-holes their whole life and it doesn't catch up with them and they don't get theirs and things don't even out and there isn't one day a year where everybody who was a jerk all year falls down a flight of stairs that, right. that doesn't happen and that's what i'm saying karma doesn't necessarily work all the time i completely agree but and, you gotta you know, ask like, yourself how you want to be all those other days yeah and, and i know that like like i found out over the, the past weekend that um I keep getting texts from Julie Holiday. Hi, Julie. Um, I found out over the past weekend that somebody was talking some major crap about, um, I'll just say, Triv. 
And yeah. was saying that nobody cared about his feelings, nobody cared about his opinions, and they were talking all kind of nasty stuff uh, behind his back, of course. Right. And and then they were also talking some shit about me too. And you know, this person tends to succeed in life. And I, I kind of sit there and I go, how in the world does somebody like that succeed? I, I don't think he has a lot of talent, to be honest. And you know, it's just my opinion. I won't name names. But how do people like that succeed in life when they're just miserable, rotten people? And then people that actually care about other people and other people's feelings are the ones that get crapped on. I just don't get that. You can leave your comments if you'd like. Um, or YouTube, if you're watching there, it seems like most people are. Um, but is that, am I just being pessimistic? Is, not, is that not the way that it works? No. I don't know. The easy, the, the right way is always the harder way. Um, I, just, I mean, you've known a lot of people throughout your career <laughs> in comedy and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, there were all I kinds mean, of ways. Were celebrities just, that way? I mean, are celebrities, um, was Kennison like that? Was Kennison somebody that didn't care about other people's feelings? No. Sam Kennison. I mean, was he like that? Was he like a no. type A, get the hell out of my way? No. That kind of guy? Uh, and you know there were uh, probably all kinds of things that coulda woulda. He no, Sam was uh, he wasn't a, a, a climber in that regard. Um, and there are all kinds of ways to succeed in show business, especially back in the day. And everybody took advantage of you know or disadvantage. And some people were nice to be around, and some people you just were like and. And some people had no talent and made it to the top. And I can't tell you how many times I turned on Comedy Central and saw people that were featuring for me in, you know, Albuquerque, got TV shows doing, you know, and one of the jokes would be like, oh, yeah, I wrote that. That was funny. So you just do what you got to do. And Sam's thing about material, since you're talking about, and I know comic world better than all the other ones. Yeah. But in the day, back in the day, you know, stealing somebody's material or doing that joke. Uh, Sam's attitude was that, you know, that's God's way of saying write new stuff. But you, you can't stop it. And we've always been that way. And, you know, I talk about it in my act. There's four people on the planet, Adam, Eve, Cain, and Abel, and somebody's got to kill somebody else. We've, I, you know, maybe we're made that way. Yeah, I guess. I, I just don't like mean people. I just don't. don't either. You know, I mean, and, I try not to be mean, but maybe that's held me back. You know, maybe not being mean or maybe not doing I don't think so. being loyal, being a loyal friend. Maybe that's held me back in my life. Well, let me put it this way. Think about this for just a minute, especially with the audience that we have listening to this show. Because you're who you are, character wise, look at the turnout. Look at the way people responded. Look at the people that stepped up to help. Look at the people that oh, still no. have breakfast and the friends that you have and so bad. It'd be just as easy. If that would have happened to you and everybody at the station would have like just turned and walked away and said, oh, he's a dick. Yeah, no, That look, didn't I, happen I, to you. And I get that. I'm not saying anything bad about you know, I love my the people around me and everything else. Right. And but I you earned that. My you friends, earned it because you're not yeah. like the people. I, I, like that. I hope that I you know, have earned their trust and their friendship and I, I appreciate all of them. What I'm saying is career-wise, yeah. I wonder if you know, not being the type A personality kind of guy held me back in a way. I don't know. Maybe it did. 
We're just getting started. Well, that karma is real. Yeah. I, I'd like to see it. I want to see it for once in my life. Well, a couple months. I know we, we have Tony kind of there, but I can't see him now. So, well, we'll see you with uh, Tony gets back on. If you have a comment, you can leave it. I saw Tony for a minute. Okay. Let's see. Me. Tony, I see you, but I can't. I, I hear you, but I can't see you. All right. Guess what? I'm going to call you back in. All right. Call me back in. <laughs> Sounds like Tony is outside in the wind. Yeah, uh, but I'll, I'll tell you what—the wind has been absolutely crazy here um, in Broadview Heights today. I lost my power like three times. Wow! Hoping and praying that it lasts for the next two hours. But this is how bad it is nowadays with technology. Literally, my my phone or my uh, the power went out for after it was out for five minutes. I'm picking up my phone, calling the electric company, going, what the hell is going on? Because all of a sudden I had no TV, no cable, no, no my computer was, I needed to be plugged in. Right. And I'm freaking out. Right. I had no lights to take pictures, you know, the green, I was freaking out. What am I going to do with no power in this house? I started thinking about my pop getting like warm in the fridge and yeah. I'm losing my mind. Uh, but, and that's the way, that's the way it is now. Uh, those kind of people eventually have something in their life go tragically wrong. I've seen this happen. Maybe. 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 Uh, you know. Hey. I don't know, man. I look at a lot of these celebrities that have lost their freaking minds and are a-holes all over the place, and they're making millions upon millions of dollars. Maybe in the end, maybe there's something coming to them, you know, post-life. Uh, but who knows? Let's see if we got Tony. I, I see a picture. So, guys, can you hear me? Yes, there you are, Tony. And I see flower. You're flower tonight. I'm at oh. flower, and I'm looking for the balloons. I'm outside. There's more <laughs> balloons. There's more balloons out here than a kid's birthday party. I gotta tell you, this balloon thing—it's so crazy. I heard you guys talking about it Monday. Pretty soon, you're gonna see balloons in the sky that say "Happy Birthday," "Get Well Soon." And kiss your ass goodbye. <laughs> Come on in, guys. <laughs> going in the flower. They've been open for 12 years. This is one of the best Italian restaurants in the city. They're located in Moreland Hills on the corner of 91 and Chagrin Boulevard. Upscale Italian restaurant. Great patio. Come on in, gentlemen. It looks like a great place. It's got a great, spacious restaurant. You got to check out the wines. Over 100 wines. Look at this, Seth. Look at this, Mike. Is this beautiful? Yeah. Every Tuesday evening is half off wine. So, Seth, that means your Ripple and Lambrusco is only three bucks. <laughs> Fantastic. Wow. That wine thing looks like your desk, Mike. <laughs> beautiful open kitchen they have a stone fire which has the best pizzas they have a high-end gourmet pizza with the best cheeses it's only 17 dollars for a four i'm sorry it's a six piece pizza is this cool let me just show you this they also have a 
table right here where you can sit down and watch while they're cooking. That's awesome. Which, which is called their chef's table. Right. Reservations are definitely needed here on a Friday and Saturday evening. Again, it's one of the best upscale restaurants in the city. Come on over, guys. I'm going to show you my table. Look at Tony. He's got a camera crew now. No kidding. I was going to say. Thank you. We've got a full bar. Bourbons, whiskeys. As I had said, the wines. There's over 70 wines that they actually have at the restaurant. Come on in. They made you sit in the corner. Look at this. Mushroom pizza with the greatest cheeses. Oh. They have salad here, which you can actually get any protein, whether it be salmon, chicken, shrimp. They also have... Wow. These are olives. They're actually fried olives. Can you see that? Yes. And, of course, the bolognese, the tagliatelle bolognese, which oh my is goodness. this famous dish. Guys, Springs. are you hungry yet? You're starving. Tony, let me ask you a question. <laughs> yes. they, have, they have pizza boxes, don't they? They do. All right. My dad had pizza shops. I am not averse to cold pizza. Get a box and mail me what you don't eat. Mike, they ran out of boxes. <laughs> Put it in the mail. Send it. I don't care. <laughs> I'm going to have to put it on my front seat. There you go. <laughs> that looks fabulous. And spring hey guys, is my favorite uh, pasta. Um, real quick, before I actually, I'm going to get Mike Mitro, who is the chef, on right now. I'm going to show you guys something, which on our show, 1490 WERE. You see this? Yep. Yeah. This is the Our Town and All Around book, which used to be the old entertainment book. Oh, we actually okay. have it on our show now. There's 450 restaurants throughout the city. We give one away on Flashpoint. So, again, every Saturday morning, you can tune into Flashpoint, 1490, Saturday morning, 10 a.m. to 11. And when we tell you to text in, you guys got free dinner out of all these books. So I'm going to hand you over to Mike Mitro right now, who is actually the chef, the owner, What's up, everybody? How you doing? Hey, Mike. How nice you doing? job. Oh, this is fun. The place looks fantastic, man. It just does. Yeah, I wish you could smell the food. It's, it just smells so tasty. Good. So, um, you got to flip it over. Okay, I got you. Like what? Like this? Yep. There we go. Uh, okay. There we my go. First Look, at time. Look at that. So, yeah, so we've got, uh, this is a fusilli pasta with our uh, bolognese. And then we've got. Goat cheese stuffed fried olives with a balsamic aioli. Oy. Really, really tasty. Uh, we're kind of known for our pizza, so we got a Neapolitan fungi pizza. There's mushrooms, shallots. Uh, McKenzie Goat Cheese is like a local goat cheese company out of Hiram, Ohio. And then that's our local green salad. Same thing, all local and fresh. We yeah, also thanks. Uh, we also have a uh, pasta company. So we manufacture pasta for uh, local restaurants, and also we, we sell the retail pasta in like Heinen's and Whole Foods. So this is one of our fresh uh, Bucatini pastas. Whoa. Yeah, it's kind of a cool pasta. It's got a hole in the middle, so it's hollow. Yep. That was my mom's favorite. Bucatini? Yeah. Yep, that was her favorite pasta. Uh, it's a good one. It's got a really good chew to it. So. Yep. 
I'm assuming you know a lot about pasta. I know so much about noodles, it's crazy. All right, so I have to eat. Well, I, I, I'm told I'm sh I should eat wheat pasta. Is wheat pasta that much different or that much better for me? I'm a diabetic. Uh, I, I, you know what? I'm not a doctor, so I'm not going to answer that. Okay, but I mean, do you, I, I, mean I don't, I don't, I mean, I allegedly it's supposed to be better for the heart, um, but I don't, I don't know for sure. All right. Well, your pasta and everything looks fantastic. The whole restaurant looks fantastic. I can't wait till the weather gets a little warmer. I bet it's just wonderful to sit outside with a glass of wine and anything on your menu. Oh, absolutely. And we got these new windows. You got to check these out, too. So these were installed in October. Yeah. And they all open up. It's kind of windy right now, obviously. But right, right. And then it opens up. So the patio becomes kind of part of the restaurant. Nice. And they're and yeah. Seth, Mike, I'm putting my hands on them so my guys can come and clean them next time. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you had to throw that one in there. Yeah, of Love course it. you did. Yeah. <laughs> Great, guys. Well, that Anything place else? is gorgeous, man. That place is absolutely beautiful. What's the address again? It is 34205 Chagrin Boulevard. Absolutely stunning. We're going to have to get out there, Mike. Yes, we are. Yeah, we'll come do the show some night from there. Yeah, we come a couple things too. Monday nights we do these uh, called Monday Night Muscles. So we have the special muscle dish we do. Tuesday nights are half price wine. So anything that's under $180 or $100 is half price. And then anything above that's 30% off. Okay. And then uh, we do ramen Wednesdays as well. Well, somebody texted Man. in. Uh, that pasta looks delicious. Somebody texted in. So people are loving it. Awesome. So we're, we're, we appreciate you coming on. Absolutely. Thanks for taking the time. Thanks. We'll be there. All right. We'll see you soon. All right. You got it. Ciao. Yeah. Ciao. Gentlemen, you got to check this place out. It is one of the best places in the summer. As Mike just showed you this patio, it is packed on a summer evening. So let's make it a point. We'll come around a Friday evening. And, of course, I always have free dishes in front of me. Did I say that out loud? <laughs> well, it looks amazing. So I'll tell you what, man, it really yeah, does. Let's I'm go on the tour to go to a whole place to ourselves. Yes. So, and it, you know, their lunch is great too. They have a, they're not only known for their Italian dishes, they have a smash burger. It is a double patty burger, Angus beef with cheese, mushrooms, lettuce, tomato. It's like six inches high. That's you all you it's all well and good, Tony. It's all well and good. But my mother and father, if they'd have taken me to a really nice upscale Italian restaurant, and I would have said, I think I'll have a hamburger, I'd have got backhanded. Yeah, good point, Mike. You're right. <laughs> but you know what's so funny? As an Italian, you know, and again, he does a great sauce here. I'm yeah. always, I am so critical. It's no different than any other ethnicity. You're right. critical of the dish that's in front of you yes. at a restaurant because mom made the best sauce. Yeah. So let me leave you with this. This lady hears the doorbell and she goes downstairs, jumps. She's actually out of the shower wrapped in a towel. She opens up the door and it's her neighbor, Larry, at the door. And Larry says, oh, my God, Renee, you look absolutely gorgeous. He said, do you mind if I look at your body? I'll give you $500 right now. So she looks around, makes sure the husband's not home. The neighbors aren't looking. She opens up the towel. 
lets Larry take a little peek. She closes the towel, closes the door, clicks, well, she collects her 500. Her husband comes from the basement and says, who was at the door? She says, oh, that was Larry. He says, did he give you the $500 he owed me? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you guys next week. Yeah. I'll, be, I'll be at ML Tavern, which is right down the street. That's Love fantastic. you guys. Thanks, Tony. Have nice a great job, evening. Tony. Make sure you're listening to Tony on uh, Saturdays. Saturday Man. mornings. Flash. He was all wound up. We got politics to start the show and comedy to end it and food in the middle. Tony was on fire tonight. Tony's the best, man. Good friend and just a good dude. And no kidding. He uh, loves his job, man. And that's a Wouldn't good Wouldn't you? I absolutely. He also washes windows and cleans gutters, all that kind of stuff. Actually, I don't think he does. I think he has no, a team yeah. of people at this point that does that. But, um, yeah, I, I love Sweet. Tony. Um. Let's see. We're getting a lot of comments still about the uh, karma for people. Bad people get breaks. Unfortunately, Vincio Motley Crew is an example. Zero talent and killed people drunk driving and had two different successful runs with crew. No karma there. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. There's a lot of people out there like that. Well, you know, it's uh, it's not like there's 50-50 balance. All you can do is the best you can be. And then you go work retail for a while because what will happen is you'll meet a whole lot you'll meet a whole lot of people that make you feel a lot better about being yourself because you think you got problems and somebody walks in and you think oh my god at least i'm not them so that's all you can do is be the best you can be and celebrate that with your family and your friends Absolutely. that's all life is mark has a string of texts uh glad you're on seth um glad you're on tonight bloomer is debating the black national anthem Did not know there was a debate. I don't really want to. I mean, the Black National Anthem yeah. was played in the Super Bowl. It is what it is. Right. Um, in my eyes, there's we only need one national anthem in this country because we're all red, white, and blue. So Thank you. That's all I will say on that. Was the chef in prison? Looks familiar. Wait, I've eaten there. No, the chef was not in prison. <laughs> For God's sake. Uh, flour looks like a fantastic place. I've heard pasta has carbs and turns into sugar, which people don't realize. That's what I was kind of saying, because yeah. I was told to eat wheat pasta as opposed to like the regular white flour pasta, uh, because it could raise the blood sugar. Well, here's the other thing, though, Seth. Yeah, you can get a really nice piece of fish. You can get a really nice cut of pork chop or brujol or any of the stuff, and not just spaghetti. There's a lot of Italian oh, yeah. food that's going to, you know, that you're going to just go and have. A, you had a salmon at that place. I bet it was fabulous, too. Never had salmon. I've never. I'm I, All right. Here's the deal with me and fish. Okay. Unless it says Gordon's on the side of it. I've never had it. Wow. You know, fish yeah. sticks. Yes. Beer battered fillets that come in the yellow bag. I've had. We'll go to dinner. Either that or Mary Jo and I will come over to the house and cook for you and uh, Heather. Yeah, some I've, night. I've never had like a nice grilled salmon oh or i think my wife has had tilapia but i think that's like the bottom feeder fish yeah that's not you know there are so many you can get pollock you can get cod you can get sea bass you get you, 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 swordfish there's a million out there that are just wonderful unless it's beer battered and i dip it in ketchup i've never had like an actual good piece of fish well i'm you're gonna have some good food karma coming your way as soon as the weather breaks dude 
like I need to buy a grill. That's one thing about this yeah. place that I, I don't have. I'm working on the, the patio furniture and the grill are the only place that are only things that I need for this new house. Well, there's okay. a lot of things. Those are like the two main things because now that the weather is getting a little bit nicer, even though it's supposed to snow in a couple of days, um, I need a grill because yeah. that's one of my favorite pastimes. Yeah. And I think grilling would be a good thing for me to get out of the house and outside a little bit, you know, do something a little bit active like that. And I can cook something. It's better than frying chicken. I can grill it. I can grill pork chops. I can grill stuff that, you know, can I, I tell you right. real quick? Yeah. You get two cedar planks and soak them overnight in water or whatever. And the next day you take two nice fillets of salmon, season yeah. the top of them and take the wet planks and put them on your grill, close the cover, open the cover up in like eight minutes. And you're going to think you're chef Pierre these jokes before but always funnier when tony tells them uh mike watch out there's a line behind you there appears to be good job getting a new picture up there that's good yeah it only took six weeks to figure how to change my background so but when this lion showed up in my living room and sat on the piano i figured i'd just leave him alone who are you guys calling a pollock (laughs) (laughs) all right you can send your comments in um Whatever you want to talk about for the next half hour, it doesn't matter. I guess we'll talk about some. Uh, we'll talk about something. But at six o'clock, we're gonna have Daniel Arnold on. Uh, Daniel Arnold is a self-described former Marine, retired cop, now abolitionist, and I don't remember all the other titles that he said, but he's a protege of Psychic Sonia. Um, so he's dabbling in the psychic world as well. Um, he's got a lot of interesting ideas, interesting thoughts. That nature is the answer to all the world's problems, not the government. Um, you re- listen to a lot of stuff, right? Of his. Yeah, I would describe him more as an anarchist rather than an abolitionist because there isn't any more slavery in this. Yeah, I, I don't know what he meant by that, but I'm just reading his little bio. But I thing. think he thinks that government's leading us down that path again. So it's kind of interesting. I'm looking forward to what he has to say. But yeah, he's got. There's going to be plenty to talk about after six. That's for sure. Uh, Seth, loyalty is a trait that sometimes does cast you, uh, but it is one of the most important traits a person can have. You have character. Why are we? Why we are following you? Well, I appreciate that. That's and that means more to me than anything, to be honest. Yep. But a decent paycheck would also help. And so that's kind of what I was saying is that. Yeah. So call us about the lines. I just wonder if my. Loyalty, not to not when it comes to like Triv or anybody, but like my loyalty throughout the, my career, yeah, uh, and the not stepping over people and trying to help people. I mean, there's been people that I, I wish I could name names. I, I want to name names, but there are people that are actually working in the business now that would not be working in the business currently if it wasn't me for me saving their ass. Yeah, I knew at least two people right offhand that are doing shows, not necessarily here, but are doing shows that if it wasn't for me stepping up and saying, don't fire that person, that person has talent, they would be not doing radio right now. And, you know, it makes me sad that, you know, I kind of, 
stuck up for people, was loyal to people that maybe I shouldn't have been. Maybe I should have said, get rid of that person, and then maybe I could have taken their spot. Uh, but that's never been the kind of person that no, that's I am or want to be, to be honest. But maybe it would have helped me further down the road. And this all got started because, you know, I was talking about uh, loyalty and how people, somebody at the radio station, I won't name names, said that, you know, Triv's ideas were old and nobody listens to that old guy anymore and nobody cared about his opinions and it's been that way for 10 years. And, you know, it's because of people like that that they banned his callers. They got rid of his legacy, basically. And got rid of you. They got rid of me. So, yeah, that was all wrong to start with. And when this whole situation and money being tight and the show not taking off and exploding is in the rearview mirror, then we can laugh because we weren't idiots to get there. I don't name names, Matt. Sorry. Maybe I should, but no, I'm not going to. No. Not going to go there. Um, but, you know, it, it is frustrating. It's frustrating watching. Yeah, it is. And I'm not a jealous person. Don't get me wrong. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not jealous of anybody's careers or anybody's success or wealth or whatever it is. I'm just, I'm not like that either. But it's frustrating when I see what I consider to be not so nice people uh, forge ahead when I see other people that try really hard. And it's not just radio. It's, it's in a lot of industries that I, I, I see that. I see it. Yeah. Friends that I have that are in they're not radio. They do other jobs, and I see them get passed over by other people when they deserve it, and it, yeah. it's frustrating. And I just wonder when karma actually does work. Um, but whatever, you can weigh in on it. Leave your comments, and we'll have Daniel Arnold on in just a little bit. But right now, let's take a uh, quick break. Later. What separates Triv's Restaurant in Strongsville from everybody else? Some restaurants you go to to eat the same thing over and over and over. But then there are restaurants like Triv's where you want to go there every single time and eat something different until you have eaten every single item on the menu. Why? Because the food's delicious and it has been for almost a quarter of a century. Triv's has amazing food, outstanding service, and an opportunity for you to have private dining, special events, and intimate occasions. You can enjoy a memorable fine dining experience in your own dedicated intimate space. Visit Triv's in the heart of Strongsville. Call now for reservations, 440-238-8830. Triv's in Strongsville. Joe Burdick custom flags are amazing. Each flag is handcrafted to reflect the imperfect perfection, making each piece of patriotic wall art unique. This is a local small business, veteran owned and proud. Joe Burdick creates symbolic artwork that is built to last. Display your spirit, pride, and patriotism by calling 440 305 2065 and let Joe's flag serve you. 440-305-2065. Joe Burdick Flags. Let me introduce you to Charlie's Auto Repair. Any car, any truck, any problem, Charlie's does it right. You know how it is. The check your engine light comes on 
you put air in the tires, and the light is still on. 216-470-0170. That's Charlie's Auto Repair, 13728 Madison in Lakewood. Charlie can do it all, from small engine repair to fleet maintenance and system diagnostics. Winter is here, so call Charlie's Auto Repair for snow plowing needs. 216-470-0170. Charlie's Auto Repair. Let Charlie make your car great once again. Right back here on the Seth Williams Show with Mike Jusoka, live some places. Uh, the CMS Network Facebook page. I'm going to have to start promoting that uh, until we're back on our page live. Uh, we were supposed to be joined by Mario from Mario's Barbershop tonight. He's got an event coming up in May, so he has plenty of time to promote. But I guess Ted Henry is going to be there. Uh, should be an interesting event. Uh, we'll get him on uh, to talk about that. Apparently, he had a dinner come up that he was unaware of. That's what happens when you're that big or girlfriends or whatever. All of a sudden, they drop crap on you you didn't know, and uh, you know you got to kind of go with it. Did you do anything for Valentine's Day? Yeah, I did. As a matter of fact, what'd you do? I uh, took Mary Jo to uh, Bonefish Grill. Oh, nice! Yeah, had a nice meal. Yeah, we had. Uh, she had uh, steak and taste for lobster, and I had uh, whatever their uh, kingfish, rainbow fish, uh, with uh, with uh, cream spinach, asparagus, Brussels sprouts. It was really good. Good food. Yeah, we uh, the station went woke. I, I wouldn't totally say that. I mean, I know I the morning show. The morning show people are really good. The entire show is fantastic. But, well, maybe later on. I don't know. Um, yeah, we uh, dropped our daughter off at school. And then we went to this place called the Honeymoon Grill. Huh. Down in Portage Lakes. And it was a nice day. So the lakes looked pretty. And it was very nice. And it's just a little... Little joint for breakfast, and that's all. We really wasn't anything spectacular, but I got my wife a a rose that lights up actually, and it's really nice. Not like some weird plastic, Mm -hmm. but it looks nice under like this glass case. Because my wife, every time I get her flowers or something like that, she kills them. They could be fresh cut flowers, and the next day they're dead, laying half out of the the vase and she's got no luck with flowers yeah the flowers are screaming for water or whatever kind of help they could possibly get and they end up dying like almost immediately so i figured all right i'm gonna get her one that you put some batteries in it looks really pretty almost looks like the beauty and the beast rose Uh, if you've seen the movie yeah 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 it's really nice it's it's pretty and she can't kill it unless she drops it i guess if she dropped it the, the case broke she could kill it but I'm assuming that this one could actually last. You know, the most she has to do is replace the batteries. You know, <laughs> nice. I, I just didn't want dead flowers laying around the house anymore. Well, hats off for a little bit of imagination. Honeymoon Grill and Portage Lakes and a nice day to go with it. It, it turned out pretty decent. Um, uh, I think it's crazy that there is a U.S. missile in the Great Lakes. U.S. Air Force missed the. Yeah, they did miss the target. 
Again, anything you want to text in on, it's fine. Uh, you saw that, right? That the one that was over. Yeah, like on, you, they actually missed it the first time. <laughs> yeah, which is kind of why I didn't mind that they waited till the thing wasn't over the country. You know, if they'd have missed, the, they'd have they, missed the balloon, and that thing would have, you know, hit an apartment complex. Would there be another place? They said, "Well, we don't know where the other missile went." What do you mean you don't know where the other missile went? Thank you. Did, did it fall on somebody? <laughs> Everybody yeah. all right? Yeah. Did it just fall in the, the water. What's going on? And then I don't know if anybody's been following that East. Oh, wait, somebody's been uh Scott. You've been to that grill. Scott does live, I think, in the Akron area. So I'm oh. assuming that you went there before. It's a nice place, nice little joint. If you're ever looking for something to do, especially again, the Portage Lakes area is really nice. Yeah. And you can, you know, take a little drive down there. It's not that far. But honeymoon grill, they got good food. Uh, my wife got an omelet the size of my face, which is rather large. Uh, so, yeah, you got to check that joint out. Um, have you been following this East Palestine train derailment? Yes, I have. <clears throat> I was watching the news last night, Fox News, and they had people on who live in that area. They said they had to go back to their house for something, uh, whether to get food or get whatever it is from their house. And they said that they had symptoms such as flaky skin, Blue dots on her lips, um, face burning, and today I'm watching again the news, and I see Governor DeWine on there saying everything's fine. Don't worry about it. You can drink the water. Everything's all good. We have scientists there that say that everything's okay. Now, no offense, and I don't want to get in trouble here, but after the past two years, I'm not sure that I trust all the scientists that happen to be out there. Uh, so if my face starts burning and I have dots on my lips and my skin starts to flake off, I'm going to question whether the scientist or the governor might be telling me the truth. Um, I saw a different story regarding what was going on uh, in the air down there. And it was about a guy who raises from birth foxes. And his animals <clears throat> were acting yeah, I saw, I saw strange. Skin rashes, the eyes weren't the same, their behavior wasn't the same. And all I'm going to say is, if a train full of that stuff wasn't dangerous, yeah. why did it burn as long as it did and as intently as it did with the kind of cloud that it did. It was pretty rough, man. I'm, I'm saying, you know, I, I just, and then there was, you know, the, uh, the, <laughs> I'm sorry. They, they, <laughs> come on, Joe. <laughs> you know, oh, Omar was supporting East Palestine until she found out it's actually in the U.S. Come on, man. I don't want to get banned again, Joe. There you go. But, uh, you know, they asked the, the press conference with the governor today. The first question was, you know, people are saying that the uh, White House didn't do enough. And DeWine says, well, you know, president called me right away. I haven't even called him back because the Ohio EPA works with the federal EPA and all that other kind of stuff. And it's like if a whole train exploding with dangerous chemicals doesn't get everybody's attention, what's it going to take? Well, I mean, I think that was one of the one of the questions I heard today. They asked the governor was, "Did Pete Buttigieg, you know, 
come out and check everything out or call you or anything, and I, I don't think that he has. Now, isn't he the guy that you really want to hear from? Isn't he the guy in charge of that sort of thing? Um, that's the guy that is I mean, that's his title. That's what he's supposed to be doing is taking care of that stuff. And he has not reached out according to what I heard today. Um, well, the governor said that the federal EPA and the Ohio EPA were already working on things and yeah, I, analyzing things and doing things that that's automatic. Nobody's got to pick up the phone that they just did what they did. And, and then, like I said, the White House called and the governor said, well, we got this under control. I didn't even call him back. But I, I did hear, you know, the, I don't know if it was an EPA, some sort of worker. He had a vest on, so I'm assuming he had some sort of title. And he was talking about everything is okay, everything's fine. And then they put like five people on saying, no, it's not fine. My face is burning. Yeah. My skin is flaking off. There's right. something going on that needs to be taken care of. If I lived out there, I wouldn't go home for like a, a month. But where are you going to go? Right. I mean, are they paying for housing? Are they paying? I mean, they asked him today, did you call? Uh, FEMA and asked asked him to set up temporary housing for any of these people, and he said no. Basically, but that's what I heard. Right. I mean, that's uh, wait, what? What do you mean? There should be pe- places for these people to go. I know. Um, it's all okay. Don't worry about your dying friends. It's coincidence. <laughs> Signed Mike Dewine and every pol- other politician. I mean, I've had it out with Mister Dewine before. Um, you know, him and I. Uh, had it out when it came. I asked him. I said, "When are you going to stop all these restrictions? You know, when you tell us you got to wear a mask, we wore the mask for as long as you said we had to. You said it was going to be four to six weeks. We waited for all these things to go away, and nothing was happening. And he didn't have an answer for me then. I, I wish we could get him on this show. I doubt that'll happen. Um, the animal shelter is filling up with sick animals that people couldn't go back and get for a few days. Yeah, that's true too. I, you know, I." Don't want to go too far out on a limb, but between earthquakes and hurricanes and floods and fires and all the other kind of stuff, there's a you know tremendous amount of animals that uh, probably need adopting. So if you're lonely at your house, go take a look and get one. East Palestine isn't in Ukraine, so Biden doesn't care. Oh, stop. Uh, the booty judge isn't going to do anything that could shed a bad light on the administration. Well, helping them would be a good thing. I mean, right, exactly. Shedding a bad light that he's not doing anything. Anyone know if the conductor and crew lived? That's a good point. I guess I should have looked at that. <laughs> Glenn Beck has offered to pay for an independent environmental inspection for people of their property. Individual companies are trying to charge people 50 G's. I mean, if you're trying to gouge people out there to get their get everything in order. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And and tell me that doesn't happen every time. Why do you think all the toilet paper and all the bottled water disappears every time Tanachek says it's going to be a severe snowstorm? And all these places just go back and sell them in their little places and charge, you know, it's, that's ridiculous. It, you were talking about karma and people, people don't just step up to get ahead. They step up just to make money too. DeWine lied directly to your face. I remember listening to it. Yes, he did. Mm-hmm. There should have been a lot of coincidences in the past three years. Yes, Ain't that have, the truth? James. There sure as hell have. That train company not attending town hall meeting, fearing angry mob, unsure why sheriff not attending. Yeah, there's something going on. I don't know what's going on out there. I mean, to be honest, I haven't paid as close of attention to it as I probably should have. Um, 
if the my question if the wind blows, I guess it's east of us, right? East Palestine, it's by Pennsylvania border. Is that true? I think it's south of Youngstown. Yes, it is. And along the Pennsylvania border. So the wind would have to blow in a weird direction for us to get any of that. But if the wind blew the wrong way, are we going to get screwed? Can my face start melting off? I, you know, man, when it mixes with the stuff from the uh, Great Salt Lake uh, lake bed that is powdered, who knows what's coming. The, and now all that stuff, the, the train derailment, the stuff, the chemicals there, the stuff from the Great Salt Lake, and you mix that with cow farts. Do you know what kind of trouble we're in for? Yeah, we're screwed. Forget about gasoline-powered vehicles, man. It's everything else that's going to kill us. Yeah. Um, still don't know why governor candidates uh, did not use that sound bite about when you asked him about six weeks uh, mask mandate. I don't know either. Uh, that was that was pretty crazy. That whole thing with the governor. Uh, and then uh, maybe let's see here. Maybe Bernie Kozar can just toss a pass to DeWine to prove that everything is fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's still some problems with the uh, mean uh, Bernie. Oh, I after he uh, kind of turned his back on the uh, the party. I don't know. Keeper comments coming in. Clay and Buck were making jokes that some northern peninsula guy may have thought of the movie Red Dawn was going on when the missile hit the Great Lakes. Somebody else posted or texted in that the missile broke up and there were pieces of it that kind of flew around. Well, the one that missed the uh, thing up in the sky. Norfolk and Southern was offering people a grand for temporary relocation expenses. Only problem, had to give up right to sue in the future. Forget that. No kidding. I mean, they're talking about people get cancer from this stuff 20 years down the road. Right. I'd start suing now. Um, keep your comments coming in. We got Daniel Arnold coming up here in just a minute. Uh, you know, so I'm I take a quick break and get into that. But what? I thought it's something too today. I have a big map of the United States on one of my walls. And as I was walking by, I noticed that I walked right past Camp Lejeune. <laughs> Can I call a law, the law, legal team on TV? I'm telling I haven't heard those commercials in a while, but man, they were like texting my phone. They were calling my phone. I know. I I literally was like digging up family history to see if anybody that I knew uh, was in Wishoon to see if I can get a couple of bucks off of that. Tim Mizzy is probably in a hazmat suit out there trying to make them pay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, by Pennsylvania border, close to Salem, I think, as well. I know someone that lives in Salem. Um, if anybody that is listening is from that area, text in. If your fingers still work. Yeah. If your face hasn't melted completely off or your lips aren't falling to shreds, uh, let us know. All right, let's take a quick break, and hopefully uh, we'll have Daniel Arnold on in just a minute. Two minutes. Hang on. Hey, it's Seth from Mario's Barbershop in Parma, 7526 Broadview Road in the Pleasant Valley Shopping Center right next to Big Lots. You got to check out Mario, man. Great guy, does a lot for charities, but can perform miracles with hair. He even made me look clean cut. Does my hair. Does a great job. Love talking to the guy while I'm sitting there. It's a great place to go. Local business. You gotta go to Mario's Barbershop in Parma. Mario's Barbershop in Parma. 7526 Broadview Road. Again, in Parma. Pleasant Valley Shopping Center. Right next to Big Lots. 
or give them a call 216-520-1977. That's 216-520-1977, Mario's Barbershop in Parma. Trust Joe's Lakewood Computer at 14035 Madison in Lakewood. They have over 30 years of professional service handling laptop and desktop repair services, virus removal, and data migration, and much more. You can trust them with hardware updates to your computer's memory and hard drive. Call 216-651-3880. Whether you need a simple Windows install or you're interested in the latest computers for gaming, call Joe's Lakewood Computer at 216-651-3880. This is Tim Elkhorn, radio voice of the Cleveland Cavaliers for attorney Will Spiegelberg. Will Spiegelberg is not only a name you know, he's someone you can trust as your attorney no matter the circumstance. Will Spiegelberg is an attorney you can always count on. Will Spiegelberg is the attorney you should contact for all your legal work. When you need an attorney, call Will Spiegelberg at 216-233-4240. Attorney Will Spiegelberg, a great teammate. 216-233-4240. 216-233-4240. Right back here on the Seth Williams Show with Mike Sucker. And um, it is a Wednesday night, and we are taking your messages on YouTube or wherever you're watching. I uh, saw a post where they just filmed a movie out there last year with the uh, the same scenario playing out. I think, yeah, I can't remember what the name of that movie was, but I thought they filmed some out in, um, what is that city that Trump was at not that long ago? I'll play Norwalk area. I don't know, but they they filmed some out there too. Oh, uh, the movie was called White Noise. Yeah, I started watching that, and I didn't like it. I think Donald Driver is in it. Whatever. I, I got so bored of it in the first like half hour, I had to turn it off. But I know a lot of the movie was filmed in Ohio. Um, but if you saw it and you thought it was good, maybe I just gave up on it too early. Too soon, huh? White Noise. Well, let me know what you thought. Uh, we do have uh, Daniel Arnold on right now joining us. Uh, hey, Daniel, how are you? Hey, good, good. Thanks for having me. Hey, buddy. Thank you for joining us. Now, I'm going to just – you are a self-described former Marine, retired cop, turned what you are now. Yes. <laughs> All right. Tell everybody about yourself. Go for it. Okay. I, um, I spent uh, – Two years in the Marine Corps in the infantry, I worked uh, for Lorraine Correctional uh, Penitentiary for five years, and I spent over 20, 20 years as a cop. And I ended up um, having a spiritual awakening after nearly dying in 2017, although I had some other strange uh, occurrences happen back in 2014, which I think brought all this on. And um, I don't like to use the word anarchist because there's like this negative stigma to that word because most people don't really know the etymological origins of the word but it really just means without rulers it doesn't mean chaos or anything they lead you to believe so a lot of us go by we like to call ourselves abolitionists or um voluntarists and we believe you know human humanity can will do the right thing um without governments and that governments throughout all human history uh have you know the, the leading cause of unnatural death Right. You know, since Mesopotamia has been democide. Before we get into all that, uh, do you mind talking about your near-death experience? What happened? Sure. I had a bad back, and I was, like, paralyzed. And uh, the medication they were giving me 
um, every three to four hours dilated, along with a whole slew of other things, had my breath giving out on me. And, um, you know, so I'm laying there in the hospital and my breath's giving out on me. And, you know, I was dying. I, I felt like I was dying. They had to give me something to, to, to help waken, you know, waken me up. Um, and all I remember was, is, is having this feeling of regret. And there was this overwhelming feeling of love. Like I was just, my eyes were closed. I had no control over any of my thoughts. And I kept hearing that only love and discernment can drive out hate and fear. And that was like a repeated mantra that kept happening. And my eyes were closed and I can see like my aura beneath my skin. And it was real, like I was very tiny and weak feeling. And I actually had died back when I was six years old. So this is at this time I was 46 and I'm laying there thinking to myself, wow, the last 40 years went by like really fast. And I had to like come to an acceptance because there was nothing else I can do. And I just kept thinking to myself that, I, you know, I had regret. I never regretted anything I did. I regretted what I didn't do. I regretted my ego. I regretted being petty. I regretted chasing my ego, ego identifying with things I did or didn't do. And, um, you know, I was talking to a young man about this. He was a very conscious young man for his age at the time, especially. He was only 21. And this is just back in, two, you know, uh, 2020 after all this stuff broke out. And I remember him asking me, um, you know, did you ever regret love? And I answered him, no, I regretted not loving more when I thought I was, you know, going to die. You know, I didn't. But then when I got out, all these, uh, I don't know, metaphysical or supernatural things with animal spirit guides and different uh, shamanic type things started happening. And that's when I started researching because I knew this was like not normal. <laughs> um, yeah. Animals were, <clears throat> you know, I don't want to say communicating with me in a certain way. Like I needed to change and they would come into my um I could almost read their minds in a way. I know this is going to sound way out there, but uh, I mean, it's not like Dr. Doolittle. A bird wouldn't land there and say, hey, Dan, how's it doing? <laughs> bird, how are you doing? It wasn't anything like that. It was more along the lines of if I was reading something or listening to a podcast and had that aha moment. And then a certain bird or a certain bird would land there and just look at me and act very weird, follow me around. And birds normally don't do that. Um, and you know, what I came to find out is, you know, through research, so a lot of this was intuition, but a lot of it, you, you know, you start having these, these signs, you start researching, you know, what was happening was the universe, we're all connected and these animals were talking these, this stuff that we all probably can see if we're open to seeing it. And at the time it was probably always in my life. I had just never noticed it before, but I was noticing it big time. Now, uh, the animals were coming. And then what, what ends up happening is this, if the animal is not in your area or from your area and it shows up, that's kind of an oddity in itself. But if it's from your area, but it's acting weird, it's, it's usually, they usually got a message for you. Now, see, I got to pay attention more, I guess, because I've never well, actually looked at it. I mean, so I mean, you obviously saw what was going on and kind of paid attention. Yeah, I was, I was at my, di I was after eight days of being in the hospital, I'm at my sink doing the dishes. And I got a dishwasher, but I just felt like, well, I'm going to do the dishes. You know, I just almost died. So I was having the time of my life doing the dishes. Yeah. And uh, I'm, yeah. I, you know, I'm looking out the window and there's this fence. It's a low hanging fence and a blue jay lands on it, looks right at me and starts yapping, going wild with its head going up and down, looking right at me. And I'd never seen anything like that before. And um, 
you know, they say if a blue jay visits you, it's like a dearly departed female family member. So maybe that was my grandmother yelling at me about, you know, I need to fix up some things in my life. I have no clue, but it kept on happening. So I started researching and that's how I became really good friends with Sonia, even though I've known her since 2004. And um, that's psychic Sonia, if you're out there listening. Thank you, Sonia. Uh, thank you for your patience. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was kind of what started happening with with my what I come to realize was a spiritual awakening. Um, it wasn't enlightenment. I sought enlightenment afterwards and, and the road to enlightenment never ends. But it was a spiritual awakening. I realized there was more than just man. There was something going on here. Well, see, that's what I, I kind of learned when, you know, when I had my stint in the hospital and almost died was in life support and all that kind of stuff in a coma for a couple of days. And you come right. back and all of a sudden you do look at things a lot differently than you did. Yeah, um, I haven't checked out the animals yet, but I I'm definitely you have a new perspective on life. And I know that Sonia does have, you know, I mean, obviously she has a, a lot of different abilities than, than most people. But you started talking with her and I guess you got you started learning from her. Is that what happened? Yeah, I start I started learning from her and I've been researching other things. and I've been studying the tarot since like 2015 anyway. And I come to find out that I'm, uh, I'm I am clairaudient. Um, so I like to jokingly say, yeah, the ex-Marine hears voices. And that's what clear audience means. You kind of things come to you, you hear those. And Sonia is. And Sonia is the one who told me I am. And, and believe me, I have um, sometimes don't like it. Like, a, a matter of fact, I think it was clear audience that had me wake up and contact you this morning. When I first woke up. I was like, why don't I just send them, uh, you know, a note? Hey, I want to come on your show. And, and, and next thing I know, boom, you know, you're like, let me know ASAP. Why did that come to me first thing? It was kind of weird because I was, you know, thinking this morning I got up and it was before I even talked to Mike. I was going, huh, what are we going to talk about on the show tonight? Um, and I had somebody lined up and they, they canceled. And so I was, what are we going to talk about on the show? And literally as I'm thinking about that is when you contacted me. And I was like, all right, well, that was meant to be kind of. Yeah. And so I contacted right away. And, and that awesome. was another weird thing, synchronicity. So this is just another synchronicity that's happening. And this is normal for me in my life. Like I've come to coin the term supernatural complacency because the stuff is so normal um, to me now. You know, like today I'm seeing all these reoccurring numbers that have different meanings. But I'm sure you guys have heard of that. People who see reoccurring numbers, 444, 222, 1111. It means you're manifesting the universe. The guy with a capital G is listening to you. Well, see, and, that's what we're going to ask. I want to ask you about the numbers real quick. Um because I see constantly either 11 or 12. 11 or 12 are always, I either see, I look at the clock and it's like 8.30, exactly 8.30. Not 8.31, 8.32, but it's 8.30. So I see 11. Then, you know, 7.40, 11. But I'm always seeing, or 11.11 or 11.12. Yeah. I'm always seeing those two numbers and they seem to pop up a lot. So what is that? Is that something? What does that mean? Yeah, that's absolutely something. So what you should do is pay attention to when you see those, what were you thinking of? What was going on? What you have your attention or your mind on? Um, because what's going on is when you start seeing that you're manifesting what your thoughts are. Everything's mental. There's nothing that's come into existence that wasn't first a thought. Um, we're God's thought. That's why we're here. And uh, you know, God with a capital G, I'm not, I'm a non-religious person. Um, but there is there is uh, something greater than man that's at work in, in this world to have all this stuff going on that is supernatural uh, or simply natural as I come to understand it more, actually. Uh, somebody wants to know, since you said anarchist, are you affiliated 
with any part of Antifa or anything like that. Oh, God, no. <laughs> right. No. Thank you. Uh, not at all. <laughs> yeah, uh, so just for your um, for your audience, just so they know, there's a group of anarchists out there that we consider ourselves to be real anarchists. And the etymological meaning of the word anarchy comes from uh, the Greek prefix an, which means without. And then the noun archon, which means ruler. So really, it literally means without a ruler. So if you think of the monarchy in, in London, right, in King, you know, in medieval times, mono is one, one ruler. Anarchy means no rulers. It doesn't mean no rules. Anarchists follow uh, spiritual natural law, uh, also known as karmic law, cause and effect, the law of causation. And um, now I can get into all that, but just to let everyone know that anarchy does not mean chaos. And the big thing that I'll tell people is look at the last three years or look at the last century just here in America. Don't forget all of, all of human history, but just look at the last hundred years. I would describe it as a lot of chaos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To be honest with you. Um, and that's, you? Not, that's not anarchy. Anarchy that they did. a That's a CIA psyop to make people think anarchy means chaos. It doesn't. So that's Do you see the post, the, the message that James put up to back. Uh, no, you see, three zero three five. It's eleven again. Eleven. <laughs> he says he's been seeing eleven for thirty thirty five years and thirty thirty five. Thirty five is 33, 11. 11. Okay, let's go. Let's move on. But I, I'm t I'm not joking, Mike. When I say that, I see that joke. all the time. That, I see I, it's it not... all the time. Yeah, thirty three eleven is my joke. address. Don't tell people that. But okay, I'm not worried. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so. When did you start thinking about the, the anarchy and, and that kind of thing? And so what do you want instead of a government? If you're thinking that it's the government is not the right way, what do you think is the right way? I think the right way is to give power back to the people and let the community police each other. Um, let the community come together in a state of higher consciousness. If, if we understood objective morality under natural law, just at a fifth grade mentation, within a couple of generations, we would have a free world. You know, because the human condition since, you know, time immemorial has been one of constant uh, human slavery of one kind or another. So slavery is not just, you know, ball and chain chattel slavery. Uh, there's all kinds of different slavery. I think we live in a form of it now. You know, if I pay off my home and I go about two years without paying taxes, you know, my $150,000 I just spent 25 years paying, they're going to take my home and sell for 10000 And it's like, to me, that's stealing. And I, I understand what the tax system is for. But natural law is, um, you know, the, the, a small working definition for natural law would be it's the universal binding and immutable effects that govern the consequences of human actions and behavior. Right. So if... In the aggregate, it's also known as the law of freedom, which says as, as morality increases in any given civilization, so does freedom. As the morality decreases in any given civilization, freedom decreases. So if on a world level we're condoning theft and on a world level we're condoning, uh, you know, the threat of violence or violence, what is natural law giving back to us? We live in this holographic 3D universe and the law of mirroring is what we put out is what we get back. That's in our personal lives. Like in, in, the, in the, anyone familiar with uh, the, the, the tarot, that would be the minor arcana. And then 
in the aggregate, what do we bring? What's what is what's going into the world? And that would be the major arcana. And what we're what we're fighting, what, what I keep seeing as a reoccurring pattern throughout all of human history is one of slavery. It's part of the human condition. It's not human nature. It's human nature is totally different. And we, we've allowed the human condition to to remain one of slavery. And um, now somebody's asking, how do you give power to the community in places run by dictatorships? These are hard questions. These are good questions. We're not going to come to some higher spiritual, um, some higher spiritual level overnight. It, it would take time. But as people started to understand what objective morality was, they people would get together and you know do what they've done is overthrow the dictatorship. But see, there's a little bit of a conundrum in that because you can't really solve a problem from the level of consciousness that created it. And every time we use violence to overthrow some bad government, what happens? They get replaced with another bad government. So I, I might be talking about, um, I might be somewhat of an idealist, but I just think if, if people started to understand, like, uh, I don't know how religious you guys are. And I, I certainly don't want to come on here and offend anybody, but like the seven deadly sins aren't really deadly sins. Like the seven deadly sins at most are warnings against excess. And there's contradictions within them that we're raised to believe, which allows us to accept the contradictions from our leaders and our yeah. rulers, I should say, because they I, I don't I, I've voted one time in my entire life. So I've been a non-voter. I always called myself apolitical. I would jokingly refer to them as Republicrats and Republicans because nothing, nothing yeah. ever changes. They keep the high the Hegelian dialectics going to keep the peasants fighting one another. Meanwhile, behind the scenes, they do what they want to do. Now, now, forgive I, me. I'm, I'm going to throw a lot at you, and I'm going to let Mike take over here in just a minute. But I okay, got sure. some texts that I, I want to get in here before they disappear. Cool. Uh, a lot of people have have questions, so I'm going to just toss them out as they come. Okay. Um, so, do you consider yourself more of a sovereign citizen? No, I know who they are. Um, that's a group that, um, that that's a group of people that are known to get violent. Uh, and they're very, when I was a cop, they used to warn us about the sovereign citizens and stuff like that. They just don't recognize authority. See, under under nature's creator, like I was talking to a, a cop of mine who's a friend, and he said he didn't trust people. People can't be trusted. That people needed to be governed. And I was like, okay, uh, I agree with you. Who, who's going to govern? Other people that you said you just don't trust. So again, this is a, this is another contradiction that we start to, uh, you know, fall into. You know, I consider myself a spiritually awakened human being that, under nature's creator, which they got that part right in the Constitution, is a free person. But I'm not really free. But I'll always be free in here. Uh, force morality is in effect the same as governmental rule of law, isn't it? It's still forcing a behavior based on created rules. Okay, I'm glad you. I'm glad that came up. So, like throughout throughout all of human history, in different um, civilizations at different time frames, there have always been considered what you know different morals. Like morals can change based on the civilization, the culture, you know, the time in history. But when you think about it, any law that's made by man is arbitrary. Real law is immutable and can't be changed. So think about in this country, how many people went to prison for smoking a green leaf? 
and now it's completely legal to do. So that means was that immoral to do before? No, it's always it's always was moral to do because it's you own your own body. Whatever you put into it, it's your body. And I know this might sound like bad, but if you took a glass of chalk and milk and put powdered glass in it and drank it, it's your own body. You're not bringing harm to anybody else. So like most people couldn't even describe what their rights are. And I, I would say what objective morality is, is it's any action that does not initiate harm to another sentient being. That's that's a right. Your rights are a verb. They're actions. And any any action you take that initiates harm to another sentient being, that is true immorality. So throughout all human history, slavery 5,000 years ago, slavery 5,000 years from now will always be immoral. Violence. There's a difference. I was a use of force instructor as a cop. And there's a there's a difference between using force and violence. So, I mean, I can just keep going on and keep going on. Um, but morals, morals are objective. God made what's moral. There's only seven transgressions against natural law. So I talked about the seven deadly sins and how they're kind of just contradictions so used as a societal control mechanism, in my opinion. Um, well, the seven transgressions against natural law might sound a little bit, you know, for anyone who's a Christian out there, they're going to sound a little bit like the Ten Commandments, but there's only seven of them. Don't murder, don't rape, don't steal, don't assault, don't trespass, don't coerce. And there's a lot of that going on in the world and don't knowingly lie. And all those boil down to being a form of theft. If you murder, you're stealing someone's life. It's not yours to take. If you rape, you're stealing someone's consent to, to have you know, relations with you. If you assault, you're stealing their, their well-being, their physical well-being. If you trespass, you're, 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 it's always a steal. You're stealing their, their sense of safety. If you lie, you're stealing their, their ability to make an informed decision. If you coerce, you're stealing their ability to, to do something of their own free will. So those are the seven transgressions against natural law, and those are the only things that are immoral. Is porn okay? Is what okay? Porn. Yeah. I'm as long as you're for... not viewing, as long as you're not viewing the victimization of anybody, right, sure. Yeah. I'm asking for a friend. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> All right, Mike, you got something here? What do you want? I have a couple of things. I, Go for I, it. When I um, took a look at some of the uh, podcasts that you've had up and the conversation you had with Mr. Ice, um, I was intrigued by the fact that you leveled the playing field and said government of any kind as it exists in this country today, strip away and we would be okay. But then coincidentally, we start the show off with Seth asking a question about doesn't it seem like the people who are real dickheads that do anything, step on anybody, backstab, do all of this stuff that it takes to get to the top, that those are the ones that seem to get to the top. So my only question is, where does the belief and faith in the fact that if we got rid of all the rules and organization of government, that a new and more benign and benevolent citizenry will emerge? Or is that what you mean when you say it's going to take a long, long time? It won't take super long within a few generations, I would think, you know, within a, within a century. For sure. 50, 60 years. What yeah. are those years going to be like? That's the question I wanted to ask you. How yeah. do we get through the next 60 years or 80 years if that's what it's going to take? It, it would have to come through knowledge of objective morality, natural law, and a, a willing to try to have a higher level of consciousness, which is what it's all about is consciousness. And see, here's the thing. 
if and, and I've had I mean, maybe as, a, as an ex-cop, I, I usually give you know warnings to all my you know former ex-order followers that you're going to be given moral orders at one point coming up with what's going on in the world, and it's going to be up to you to refuse to follow those orders because yeah. throughout all of human history, every atrocity that's ever been committed ever has been done by the order followers who are the actual action takers. And the, the negative consequential effects, the brunt of natural law, the negative consequential effects, because natural law itself is benign. The, 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 the negative consequential effects will fall on their shoulders. There's a reason why they used to say an average cop's life was like 57 years old. When I was 20, that seems pretty old. Right, you know? right, right. I'm 52 right now. That doesn't seem old to me anymore. Exactly. So it's like, you know, you, we, you know you've heard of, of what karma is. You reap what you sow. Uh, what, you, what you put out is what you get back. So, like, say we didn't have order followers and people kind of took care of each other, looked after one another. Um, and everyone had something to contribute to society. Everyone had something they contributed and helped with. Let's say a gang of thugs was to come along <clears throat> and demand you give them some money for protection. But they weren't under the color of law. And right. everybody knew they can't do that. You know how quickly everybody would get together and put that down? Well, that's what the mob did, right? That's well, they should have been put mafia down, you know. Yeah, the mafia but, did that for <laughs> but they also were in cahoots with what's considered to be authority that were all raised to believe in. Like I remember with my dad when I was like only five years old, we driving in his van, and all of us, you know, you're, you look up to your dad, he's like a superhero, he's the strongest, awesomest right. guy in the world. We'd pull up behind the police or something. He'd be like, settle down. There's the police. There's the police. So I'm like wondering, why is this superhero next to me afraid of them? So like we're raised, it's generational to, to, be, to be fearful of authority. And which means they, they'll do things that we wouldn't allow a gang of people to do. Now, I was a philosophy uh, minor all through college. Right. And this is the one thing that I would stumble over we if you look at the whole globe we live on are at different levels of evolution yeah. there are still aborigines yes. walking around the planet that you know barely cook with fire there are right. indigenous people that haven't been discovered yet or in, in, if you go far enough into the woods and all right. of the industrialized third world. And so it's hard to say that we, um, we're certainly not going to start at the same starting line. So it's going to be interesting to see how we reinforce and help everybody behind us catch up. Right. And help everybody in front of us slow down. So I would actually we, argue that they're ahead of us, <laughs> to well, be honest with you, okay. in, in many ways. No, no, no. I that's what I mean. But what yeah. I'm saying is that is the unrest right. that philosophically it's like, how do you calm that spirit or spirits down right. to make what we're talking about tonight be able to have a, an incubation period or a childhood? That, that that would be a tough part to have. That part we're going through the rumbles of that now, but they're trying to drive. Uh, they're trying to drive something evolutionary that's inorganic. Agreed. And, and, you know, with transhumanism and they're talking about digital IDs, they're talking about all these different things that yeah. um, 
you know, and, and I am a conspiracy theorist to some degree, but I like to call myself a conspiracy analyst because I really analyze things. There's a difference between conspiracies and theories. And I believe a lot of what we got going on in the world right now are real conspiracies that aren't, that are made for, like, they're trying to bring in a one world government. Like, I'd be for a one world order. Or, you know, a whole new world order, I would be for it. New world order would be fine, but not a new world government. And they're trying to bring in a new world government. And so, like, when we, and I talked about this on one of my podcasts, um, when, we, when we think about capitalism and we think about socialism, if everyone understood what natural law was, there wouldn't be no walls. And if everyone understood what you put out into the universe is what you get back, which means if you put good stuff out, you're going to get good stuff back. To keep it as simple as possible, people would trip over themselves to get down to the border to help refugees. Capitalists would be tripping over themselves to go help the people who, you know, you look at and think uh, are just, you know, they're just greedy and they don't want to do nothing for no one else. They, If they understood natural law, they would trip over themselves to go do it. And, and you know, by proxy, socialists wouldn't want to steal other people's money to give it to other people. Like normally what I would what I would say to somebody is, if you're a good person, would you go next door to your neighbor and take something of theirs? And most people answer that like guys like you are going to say no i don't have a right to go take something from my neighbor do you have a right to threaten him if he doesn't want to give you something no of course i don't right but when we vote we are somehow transferring some magical right onto other people that we ourselves do not have which is why i think voting uh you know even if there's only like one third of the country picking who's the next president anyway and I call them, and I don't want like again, I don't want to offend anybody, but it's like the cult of the donkey and the cult of the elephant. There's this sports team mentation: paint your face red or blue, and stick with your team no matter what. Which is why, uh, when you really look at things, I don't see how voting is going to uh, change anything. And we got lots of really bad stuff coming up. Um, that I think, yeah. I, I mean, there's just some bad stuff that I think is coming up with what I'm seeing go on simultaneously. I'm putting these puzzles together like it's a 3D puzzle, and it's not this 2,000 piece puzzle. It's like a toddler nine, 10 piece puzzle to me as I see it. Let's go back to what you said at the beginning about the people that came here from England to get right. away from the monarchy. Yes. Now, I'm not a socialist, I'm not right. a communist, and I'm certainly going to defend to my dying day that there's an awful lot of liberalism in the natural order of things because yes. it says, love thy neighbor as thyself, and right. we're all brothers and sisters. But here's my point. There was a reason even back then when Virginia and Pennsylvania were known as a commonwealth. Because that meant that we were all supposed to share in the fruits of everyone's labor. Not that you took it and gave it to somebody that didn't work. Right. But without a question, if somebody had a bad harvest or this, that, and the other thing, you helped them out. Right. It was just the way to do that. Right. So, But they were, they were commonwealths and the, the, the spirit of what they were trying to do the spirit of what they were trying to do was what I described in an anarchist environment where everyone um, contributes with their yeah. good. And a lot of it went away. If you study American history, right. when we formed the national banks. Okay. We're not going to get left and right and political. Yeah. That's No, we're talking about starting over. I'm not, yeah, we're not talking about, right. yeah, I, this is I mean, new he's talking about. 
Again, yeah, I, this is like in, throughout history, the, anarchism has worked in little villages here and there. Uh-huh. The concept behind it, voluntarism, you volunteer. Um, but like if you if you look at what's going on on different social media platforms, in, in, a, in, in a, you could call it from a political sense, a social, you know, uh, societal sense. One half of, you know, uh, one half of opinion is being shared and allowed to be shared while the other half is being told is misinformation no matter what. And that should concern us when, you know, free speech is being, you know, the ability on a, yeah, when it, when it's, when that starts happening, kind of like our Facebook uh, page, it, it, that gets a little scary. Yeah. It gets a little bit scary. And the, the one thing I would say is this, I've heard what one guy called me. He said I was a constitutional says I didn't vote. And I talked about nature's creator. He's like, oh, you're a constitutionist. And I said, no, I would literally wipe my ass with the Constitution. No offense to anybody. I don't mean to swear on your show either. But that's a piece of paper that men scribble down. Here's your rights. And we're men. And we're going to give you other men what your rights are on a piece of paper that we're all born with those natural rights. We are born free. We are born with all the rights that they give us on a piece of paper. They're already ours under nature. And that's where I say we're in nature is does it exist that any man has authority over another man? And when I say man, I mean humanity. Where does any human naturally have authority over any other human? That's the problem. I think ego comes into it. Greed comes into it. There's a lot of issues that come into it, but we've allowed it to be part of the, you know, the human condition throughout all of human history. And again, it it comes back to understanding objective morality. If by the time you were in the fifth grade, you understood right from wrong. And it's really, it's that simple we wouldn't have governments because government is wrong. Yeah, but we weren't. All right, I, I got some messages I got I got to read here because I, I want to get cool. a before, before Okay, we cool. Uh, the problem I have with Dan's concept is that given the level of power we have today, it will take a massive war, which will require resources. Communal people will never have to change things. Here's what I would say to that. Aren't we about to get into a massive war anyway? Haven't we had massive wars all throughout the last century? Haven't we had them throughout all of human history? The largest, and like I said before at the beginning, and this is this is true. You got to think about it. Just all you got to do is look at history. the 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 largest form of unnatural death is democide, and I don't mean Democrat. I don't mean you know anything like that. Democide death by your government throughout all of human history, all the way back to Mesopotamia, the first known uh, uh, human civilization. So if democide is the the highest reason for unnatural death, we really should rethink things. Um, And we definitely have to rethink this left-right paradigm that we've got going on because they've got a... I watched them use dark psychology on both sides to rile up the other side's base. Right. And they keep the peasants fighting one another where I think if we find some type of, um, you know, middle ground on even one or two things and get people to agree on, you know, something as simple as what is good and what is bad. And the way to do it is this. If you and say one or two other people lived on an island. OK, so I used to work out at Putin Bay. That was one of the places I worked. Let's just say there were only three people that lived on that entire island. Or two, let's say there's only two people that lived in that entire island. If it's okay, if it's wrong for you to do to that one person, then it's wrong for them to do it to you. Right. 
And that's how it should be in all of society. It's the simplest way to look at it. Um, I would say, you know, they, they, it says do unto others as you would have done unto you. Uh, I've heard it put, don't do unto others that which you wouldn't want done unto you. And um, sometimes learning through negation is, is, is the best way to put things. Like we've been raised with certain dialectics and certain cultural conditionings. And, you know, we're given a social security number at birth. We're given a nationality. We're given a religion. And we spend the rest of our lives fighting for this false dichotomy of, of what we are is having a human experience. We're souls having a human experience. We're, we're trying to defend all these things that were just given to us. And they're just titles. Well, like, right like, now the word, like right when now they say choose your own sex. So, you know, when, they, <laughs> when they say trust the science, right? Um, I'm not going to, I don't want to get into these hot words, like, uh, you know, political hot words, but to me, science is just a word and I can give you the, the etymological meaning of it, but science is a word that we use to describe a process that we go about trying to find a truth that's inherent in nature. We don't yet understand. That's all science is. Amen. So um, they play with words a lot with us is what they do. And I, I really do. I really do think there's this uh, there's a dark force. Some of what's going on in this world is not human driven. I'm not the first person to say this. And I think humans are too lazy for all this stuff that's going on. Gunnar wants to know if you belong to any kind of organized religion. And he likes no. your shirt, by the way, Mike. Um, yeah, yes, I do. As a matter of fact, um, I wrestled with being a Jesuit until I was in my mid to late 20s. He wasn't asking you. He was asking the other guy. Communal concept is, is a nice is nice until you get into specifics. North Korea, they aren't going to accept biblical rules of morality over their leader being the deity. Therefore, war would have to happen. Well, well, the, the, the thing is, is religion itself, the etymological meaning of religion comes from the Latin uh, verb relegare, which means to bind or to tie or to rebind. Okay, it's to thwart or hold back from forward progress. So I think religion's a problem in itself. Money is a religion. Uh, politics are religions. People follow them blindly no matter what. It's like that sports team mentation. Uh, I'm more of a spiritual person. They say religions for people who are afraid to go to hell and spirituality is for people who have already been there. I don't think I've already been there, but I, I do believe in a higher power uh, of that is a higher benign intelligent force. I'm just not going to put a name to it. There's over 5,000 gods being worshipped in this world and every single one of their worshippers think they've got the right one. Um, all I know is when I almost died, the, overwhel the overwhelming feeling I had was love. Um, and, and again, I, I come from intuitive thought. I also come from research. Like, I don't know if you guys ever heard of Hermes Tr Trismegistus or Thoth or Enoch. A lot of people have heard of Enoch from the book of Enoch. Yeah. Um, uh, the archangel um, Gabriel. Some people say even Metatron. These are all the same being. Just given different names from different uh, cultures. So a lot of times people are fighting over stuff and they're fighting over the same thing. Like all the wars that have gone on between Christianity and, and, and Islam, you know, trying to kill each other to find out what happens to us after we're dead is kind of nuts to me. It's the, it's, it's insanity. So like what he was saying about North Korea, again, there's always going to be dictators trying to stay in power, but as people become uh, empowered with this occulted knowledge, 
they're going to take they're going to take that BS less and less. And when, when, when you hear the word occult, like the tarot is considered a cult, understanding it, all occulted means is hidden. It doesn't mean anything else. People have been socially engineered to think when they hear the occult, oh, that's evil. Um, no, the occult is a tool and it's a tool that you could be used for good or bad. And real knowledge of cosmic law, of natural law, of objective morality, not none of the confusing gray material they try to throw in there on purpose, um, is occulted knowledge. The, 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 the hermeticists knew this. I don't know if you guys ever heard of the seven hermetic principles that all fall within natural law. And these dark occultists use it for dark reasons. And they don't want the rest of the world understanding what it is. Because if the rest of the world starts to understand what actual natural law is, which is spiritual law. It's a spiritual law of what is moral and what isn't. And I'm by no means some paragon of morality. Trust me. I, I'm just, But with that said, I've never brought harm to anybody else. I've never done nothing that initiates harm. You have to understand what the simple definition of it is. I, most people don't understand what their rights are. I had a Marine Corps. My stepson was in the Marine Corps. I asked him, what are your rights? He's like, well, whatever I'm allowed to do or whatever I'm, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you know, you're, you're, you're describing your rights as an adjective. Your rights are a verb. They're actions that you take that don't bring harm to people. So once they understand that these dictators are taking actions through their order followers, because they themselves aren't doing it, they get the order followers to do it. They are committing harm to people. Once that is known, all the people can band together. There's 7 billion people on this planet. Well, they're saying closer to eight now. Well, let's just say 7 billion people stood up and said, no, the game's over. Yeah, but even so. That would be tough to do. What's yeah, that? That's going to be tough to do. What are you saying, Mike? I was going to just ask. I still want a kernel, Dan, of how right. you are able to believe that there's a snowball's chance that anything like this could possibly happen because – Let's say that the awareness you're speaking about right. is a light that burns right here in your chest. Right. There are 80, sometimes seems like 80, 90% of people walk out their pilot light is barely burning. Right. And I, it's either going to be people enlightening other people or forcing other people or that war that Chris talked about before is going to wipe everybody out and we start at ground zero and maybe yeah. people go, well, let's do it different this way. You because just, you just said something that sparked way. something in me. And the only way that it could be done is for me and people like me to present the information. Okay. And what I would say to anyone out there would be, you know, it's the mark of a, of an educated mind. One that I would say is street smart to be able to listen to something and, um, not outright reject it. And, you know, you don't have to accept it either, but don't outright reject it. So it was like, I can't force someone to believe this. It's just it has to become a choir of putting out the information of what real karma is and that it exists. And that what humanity is putting out in the aggregate is forcing us into continued enslavement. And as we start to explain this to people and teach people this, it is true spirituality we can't force it on them because if we're forcing it on them, we're turning it into a religion. And I'm not going to do, we're not going to do the crusades. Anarchists, real anarchists aren't like that. But what we're, what we're talking about is putting the information out there to let it start spreading. So people can then come to a conclusion on their own when they're ready. Yeah. But see, Chris is right here. And 
there's also the real situation that the communication apparatus is controlled. So right. there's no real way to reach the people with a unified message. I mean, that's what it comes down to. You're never going to reach enough people. I mean, I'll just use it stupid, simple terms. Like, you know, back when the Browns came back, right. the whole idea of the PSLs was a ridiculous idea. But right. you're never going to get everybody to stand up and say, we're not going to do that. Right. You're never going to get everybody to stand up and say, the Browns suck, we're not paying for these tickets anymore, and, and walk out of the stadiums. That's right. not going to happen. And how are you going to do that with the entire world, well, basically? Well, it, it starts off with using this medium and this tool, because this is the modern-day battlefield. So, right. um, you know, they're trying to cut that off for us, and there's a lot of alternative out there. So, like, I'll throw this out there to anyone listening, uh, and this is part of the shirt that I'm wearing there's a researcher named Mark Passio. He has a website called whatonearthishappening.com. He's done a lot of deep research. 90% of what I know comes from him. Um, you will jump into some rabbit holes going to his website. He's also got a, 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 a team that he created called the One Great Work Network. There's over 70 content creators on there, all teaching natural law from their point of view. But if they're still teaching the same stuff. So all these content creators are out there doing this. So if you guys get a chance, go to whatonearthishappening.com. Go to uh, the onegreatworknetwork.com. Uh, both those links are on my website, spiritualanarchist93.com. Uh, and you, we have to be able to go directly to websites because sooner or later, this is being too, um, like Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, it's being too heavily censored to get any good messages out there. It's more oh, about... Like I had a friend that was a yoga instructor and um, she was my, she was one of my yoga teacher teachers. I'm a yoga instructor and, and by proxy, I'm an NRA firearm instructor. Go figure. One is something that you would <laughs> kind of associate with the left wing. One's what you'd associate with the right wing. Yes, I am a firearms instructor and a yoga instructor because I like them both. Um, and I'm a regular normal person that just does what I want to do. I don't run things through political filters, but I've told some people about that and they'd start laughing. Um, they want to call anybody who doesn't agree with the current narrative extremists. Right. And in certain ways, and I heard Locker and Rose put it this way, and I just thought it was hilarious. He said, I am an extremist in some things. It's like kicking puppies. <laughs> I, I don't kick puppies ever. So as, as far as that's concerned, I'm an extremist. I don't kick puppies some of the time. I never kick puppies. I'm an extremist and not kicking puppies. So the point he was trying to make at that time is, you know, so we are extremists for freedom. I'm not against government. I'm for freedom. You just can't be for both because the freedom doesn't exist under government. It never has. It never will. And that's just, you know, there's, I don't know if you guys have heard of the, uh, what's, it's a Russian scale on civilizations, the card, the Kardashev scale, I think it might be called, uh, we, we one of these days could make it to a level one civilization where we're a planetary unit without all these borders and countries. They exist out there. We're not the only people in the world or in this in this galaxy. There are extraterrestrials, real ones, not this fake stuff that they're trying to scare everybody with. Keep us in this constant state of fear. And if they can keep us vibrating at this level of fear, you guys probably have heard of Nikola Tesla. Yeah, we have. Yeah, yeah. So if you want to know the secrets to the universe, think in terms of vibration and resonance and frequency. Um, if they keep us vibrating in this state of fear and then weaponizing shame against people, say people who don't want to get, you know, vaccinated, for instance, 
and they try to, you know, publicly shame you and, and they're, they're keeping you vibrating at this low level. We're putting that out into the universe. We're putting that out into the world. And that's what we're going to get back. More stuff to fear. All right, so, we got we got to take a quick break here. I, before we take a quick break, and I'm sure Mike has another question, but we'll, and we'll wrap it up. But um, one quick one: Is the Earth flat? Hell no. Thank you. Right, Absolutely on. not. <laughs> Thank All right, you. hang on. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Seth for Smoking Rock and Roll Food Trucks. You got to check them out, man. The food is just unbelievable. Mac and cheese is fantastic. The brisket, everything else is just to die for. You got to check out Smoking Rock and Roll. 605 Clay Parkway in Bay Village. You can give them a call 216-539-2239 to book a food truck. Uh, you know, Find out where they're going to be at. They're going to be all over the place, come there, especially when the spring and summer hits. It's unbelievable food. They win awards all over the place. Run by my good friend uh, Billy Morris. Uh, and his friend Todd, they're good people, and they make great, great food. You got to check it out. Smoke and Rock and Roll, smokeandrockandroll.com. Guarantees and Signs has become your complete one-stop sign shop. Call Jimmy at 216-299-9344. Their friendly and professional staff can and will help you build your company brand and identity from start to finish. One stop means you get a complete package from one location. Custom logo design, vehicle graphics, banners, t-shirts, storefront marquees, and so much more. Aaron Tees and Signs, 4883 Turney Road. Call us at 216-299-9344. Hey, it's up for Audio Bay Studios in Bay Village. And now if you need a podcast done, you got a band, you got to record some stuff, Audio Bay Studios is the place to go. Train technicians. Uh, good management there. I'm telling you, Audio Base Studios has helped me out tremendously with my podcast. You want to go there, Audio Base Studios, 605 Clegg Parkway in Bay Village. It's right next to, or in the same building, I should say, as Smokin' Rock and Roll. Some of the best barbecue food trucks in town. The best barbecue food trucks in town. Tell me, you got to check out Audio Base Studios. I know the guy, Chris Aiken. I know the guy, Billy Morris. They're good people. They take care of you. Audio Bay Studios, if you got a podcast that you want to start recording, Audio Bay Studios in Bay Village is the place to be. 605 Clegg Parkway. Give them a call. 216-713-0066. That's 216-713-0066. Back here on the Seth Williams Show with Mike Kosaka, Dan Arnold, our guest. Um, talking about all kinds of different things. Um, studied under or is kind of with a psychic Sonia who's got a, a psychic fair coming up, uh, I believe this Sunday at uh, where's it gonna be uh, freeway lanes or whatever there on Pearl Road. Um, so I'm gonna check that out this coming Sunday, like Yorktown Lanes, Yorktown, Yorktown Lanes, Lanes. Yorktown yeah. Lanes. I've tabled there a couple times and sold books because I wrote a couple books. That's a really good event. Are you gonna be there this Sunday or no? I may be. I, I'm I'm definitely invited to go. I'm not sure if I'm gonna be able to go until Saturday. Uh, but if I go, it'll be my third time there. Uh, I've, I've you know, good people, good talented psychics. I mean, there's nobody there who's a charlatan. All right, I'm gonna check that out Sunday. So looking forward to that. Um, some people were asking some different questions. I know Mike, you probably got something else, but I know uh, we were talking about the numbers earlier, and Joyce said that her and her husband, Mayor Bill, wake up. At 3.05 every day, a.m. Is that something? Or is that just kind of like the way? Well, what ends up happening to a lot of people as they're experiencing spiritual awakenings, uh, a lot of times you, you do start to wake up early. When I got out of the hospital, I'd wake up at 12 or 1 o'clock. 
and started researching, reading and studying all night. I couldn't sleep. And I yeah. went to bed at like nine. But keep in mind, physiologically speaking, as we get older, we need less sleep. So that's kind of a thing, too. Um, yeah, I think I wake up all the time in the morning because I'm on medication. It makes me have to pee a lot. So yeah, that works too. Yeah, uh, right. <laughs> uh, Mike, you got anything? Yeah, I do, and I want to reinforce some of the research I did based on some of the things I heard you talking about all day today. Dan. Cool. But when you were talking to, is it Dennis Ice? The uh, uh, it was uh, David Ike. Yeah, Ike. Yeah, but he talked about, and you know about this too. And for anybody listening at home, it's fascinating. The uh, MK Ultra, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, CIA's program of behavioral modification and the mind control thing that they were doing in the fifties and sixties. Yes, there was a hearing in the seventies. Carter was president, and if you just print the first 25 pages of the 167 page report, which I'm only halfway through reading the names from 77 that are on those committees are still around today. Right. And it's on both sides of the aisle. And it's the kind of thing that they were making plans to do, which is why everybody recently that's gotten all riled up saying oh my god this that another thing it's when i say they've been planning this stuff for a long time i'm not kidding yeah you're not really not kidding you're not uh there's a book to read out there um by uh, a guy by the name of william cooper called behold a pale horse yes and i was reading that in the summer of 2020 because an ex-chief of police friend of mine who i can tell you a whole other thing from him uh about 9-11 but i won't go there um, he told me to read it. So I was reading it and I'm like, when was this written? Like, this was July of 2020. I'm like, did they just write this like in March of this year? Because everything he described and how they were going to institute a new world government. Yeah. Order and then in that book. Right. Then to balance it out, read Ken Kesey's On the Road. Okay. You know, just the whole philosophy of that is you're either on the bus or you're off the bus. Right. And that's how you get to natural law and order and all that. kind. Oh, of it stuff. is. And like another book that I would highly recommend, God, I would highly recommend it is a book called um, a mass engineering human consciousness by Jim Keith. Okay. And he met an untimely demise in 1991, um, fell off a stage, hurt his knee. And then during a routine knee surgery, mysteriously died, but he yeah. was being hunted for a long time. Um, but he explains how they mass engineer human consciousness through mind control, through propaganda, through repetition. Okay. Uh, Project Mockingbird. Uh, it, it happened just within the last few years. Every news media was outlet was saying the same stuff. What's his name? One more time. Uh, the, uh, Jim Keith. Okay. Keith. Uh, mass engineering human consciousness by Jim Keith. And uh, I post, I, I mean, I post all that info on, on my podcast, but they're not on every single one. I probably should put right. them on every single one because these are things you can see. And I was trying to explain it because I worked for the government. OK, I had psyops against me ran because I was hurting the line of duty. And once you make enemies, which I did, they'll throw you under the bus. That's the warning I give to all order followers. When it's convenient to you, they're going to throw you under the bus, guys. And I'm not talking against you. Any cops listening, I'm for you. I'm not against you. But I know many of you are counting down the days so you can get the hell off that job. And there's a reason why. But anyway. Uh, One of these days, Dan, I'll tell you why I'm not a lawyer anymore. 
And that's interesting talking to a lawyer about natural law because I know they introduced that to you guys at one point or another as natural law theory. Um, and so that's kind of cool that, you know, you're a lawyer and you understand man's law very well, much more than I do as a cop. Well, cops know about enough to get ourselves in trouble, actually, half the time. But I knew a little more because I was a training officer. Uh -huh. But, um, you know, with that, I forgot where I was going with that. I'm sorry. It'll come back to me. I forgot where I was going with that. Who are they? James wants to know, like you always say, Mike, who are they? Who's well, doing all this? It basically is the... Well, I'll give you an example. Well, who wants the, the New World Order? I know what I was going to say. I know what I was going to say. New World Order. It's the banking trust. There's a, a next Monday. I'll bring a trilogy of books that have just been written, and uh, uh, we'll go from there. As a matter of fact, we got eight minutes left. I'm going to go get it. I'll be right back. Okay, I'm going to uh, say what I was thinking of. Um, remember back in the 2004 election, you had John Kerry versus uh, you know George Bush Jr. They were both asked the question. Yeah. And they were asked a question about a secret society called Skull and Bones. Both of them had the exact same answer. We don't talk about Skull and Bones. They got this other place called Bohemian Grove that they go to every year. These people um, at the highest level understand natural law, use it for dark purposes, and they're Satanists. They're satanic. And I'm not talking about the pony guy with the devil. Again, go to Mark Passio's website, whatonearthishappening.com. He will spell it out to you. You will have a whole new worldview once you go through his uh, content. Does that have anything to do with like the Illuminati and that kind of thing? Yeah, but they're not illuminated. They're they're using uh, like some of the stuff that I've talked about today is like thirty second or or above thirty third or above uh, Freemasonry, and it's anybody can look this up and study it. You don't have to be a 33rd level Mason to understand what it means. And um, yeah, the, the, these illuminated, the Illuminati aren't, aren't some force for good if they even exist the way people think. But it is a, it is a, a people that are faceless. Okay. So like David Ike talks about some of the, he thinks there's reptilians, right? Right. Uh, extraterrestrial Anunnaki reptilians. He kind of puts them both together and it's funny what it has, bro. No, I grew up in the eighties watching GI Joe, you know, watching Cobra with the nomad with the mask. You couldn't see his face. I wonder what did Hasbro know back then? Cause they're always feeding us stuff through social engineering. Oh, I'm Collegiate. sorry. I just want to see if it worked. Finish your thought. And I've got an answer for everybody that wants to know this. Okay, cool. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, well, I was, it was just sort of a joke, but it's not a joke. What did Hasbro know? Yeah, they have a Cobra commander, a reptilian faceless. There, there are people that we don't even know. Bill Gates, Fauci, all these other guys—they're puppets to the ones above them. And I think there's another level above that. Yeah. But, the um, level above that, and in between those supernatural or beyond our that you think are at the very top, the middle level, get three, two books, three books. How central bankers rigged the system. The author's Naomi Prince. The first one's called Collusion. Second one's called Permanent Distortion. How the financial markets abandoned the real economy forever. And that's why even everybody, the capitalism is rigged the wrong way. And the third one is called All the President's Bankers. This trilogy of books right here gives you a wonderful foundation to stand there and it's reinforcing because not only does it point out why we're not each other's enemy, right. but it shows that they're right there. If everybody rose up, here's an example. If everybody, 
people line up. There are no more people taking your orders at McDonald's. you right. got to go through the kiosk. If everybody for a month said, up yours, I'm only going to eat at Burger King, guess what? There would be people taking your order at McDonald's. In right. A- right. But that's what I mean. It's going to take us doing things together. Yeah, and we got to find a commonality. And I'll tell you, like, a, just a real quick, you know, uh, personal story. I nearly lost a friend that I had. It was a dear friend that I've had since the Marine Corps. He lives in Florida. He's a hardcore left-wing guy. And because I was speaking out the way I was speaking out, he started calling me a closet trumper. And he, he thought I was always talking against the left. And I'm like, dude, I'm not a closet anything. I put all my trash out on the street. I'm not right. a closet anything. If I was a trumper, I would tell you. And my my you know thing to him was F Trump too. I I'm not political. And we almost didn't become friends. And we were talking, we almost didn't get we started talking the other night and we started talking about some common grounds. And I just simply said to him, man, I don't want to see no more American Marines or soldiers going over and murdering or getting murdered for old dusty fucks who can't get along. Excuse my language. No shit. And he's like, I agree with you. And I'm like, that's all we need to do. Agree on one thing and branch out from there. And he was like, find the middle ground. I was like, yes, it can be done, but we have to get over our own egos. Everybody has to. We have to look inward first. Consider this too. I say this on stage because I'm a comic as well. Right. Think about this for just a minute. In this country, close your eyes. Everybody's toilet is connected. From Maine to California, the continental United States, all the sewer systems are connected. Everybody's toilet is connected. If we can connect our toilets, we can connect our goodwill and consciousness and dedication to doing the right thing. Absolutely. And put that out into the, 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 the macrocosm of the collective and watch how quickly things will change. As long as we look within, do our own shadow work, have some, you know, be, be curious about your own problems fix those. And then you're naturally going to help raise the vibration of people around you. And then just keep putting out the message of what true morality is. And people are going to argue about that because there's a lot of moral relativists out there through social engineering to think that morals are relative and they only are to a certain degree. Those aren't real morals. Those those are, those are man's, you know, arbitrary dictates that are often greed and ego driven real law and real morals come from a creator. And you can, I don't care who you think it is. There's a creator and they're written into nature. So like someone says, can you show me natural law? Can you show me karmic law? I can't show you that. I can't show you a picture of it, but you can see its observable effects in your life and others' lives in, in everyone's life. I can't show you a picture of gravity, but I can show you the observable effects of gravity. Yep. So if you think about that as spiritual law, what you put out is what you get back. It's, it's easy to wrap your mind around that and, it is science. It's nothing woo-woo religious. It is science. It's, it's how the, it's how the universe was made. At well, least Dan, this 3D universe. We, we uh, unfortunately have to run. We're going to have to have you back on to talk about a cool. lot more stuff because uh, we really appreciate it. And that was uh, it was good. I really enjoyed yeah. that. So thank, thank you. you. Uh, where can people find your podcast, Dan? Uh, I've got my podcast um, back up on YouTube. and But all my material is, is up on my own website. It's called spiritualanarchist93.com. And on there, I have my link tree. I'm on, um, I'm on Odyssey. I'm on Rumble. I'm on all these, all these things. Just go to my website, spiritualanarchist93.com. I've also got links to those other guys I was talking about. What on earth is happening.com, the one great work network.com, uh, a plethora of good information to let you know what's really going on in the world. And you will definitely 
You're going to make friends on both sides of the fence because of this information, and you're going to make enemies on both sides of the fence because of this information. Well, I appreciate you coming on tonight, man. We're going to be in touch without a doubt. Uh, Absolutely. And Arnold, much appreciated. We'll talk to you again soon. All right, man? Thank you guys so much. I appreciate you, it. Brother. Yep. All right. yep. Bye-bye. Uh, that was great. I love that. It was a lot of fun. So uh, okay. thank you again, Arnold, for uh, joining us. Uh, Monday, I do want to try to get into some of this baseball stuff. Yeah. Because, um, you know, spring training is coming up here. We got the pitchers and catchers reporting. Peter Nabb wants to come on. He's going to try to – he's a young guy, wants to go to all 162 games. Uh, so we're going to talk to him, and we're going to try to get some more people on to talk some baseball um, and some other stuff. So I'm looking forward to that. Have a great rest of the week, a great weekend. God willing, we'll talk to you again next week. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Seth. All right, we'll talk to you later. Have a good night. Good night.